Thank you for downloading this New Zealand Sports Radio show. We have a new way that you can support us. There is a link in the notes down below where you can make a one-off donation to New Zealand Sports Radio. Thank you for support and uh, enjoy the show. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello and welcome to the Driving More Show. Hi, I'm Paul and uh, I'll be uh, your host this evening. Just pouring myself a, a quick beer to have while we chat about rugby this evening on the old uh, Moa Brewery um, uh, um, hazy um, IPA there. So, um, look, yeah, it's been a bit of a while and uh, I've been away for a few weeks and uh, this one will probably be a quick one. I think myself just thought I'd wrap things up um, with the end of the uh, Super Rugby regular season. Obviously heading in to the uh, quarter finals um, and with um, several teams obviously uh, finishing up their seasons at this point. So we'll have a chat about that and a few of the news items um, that are um, bouncing around um, as well. And some of the some stuff from the uh, games at uh, the weekend. Um, yeah, and obviously, there's going to be a lot of coaching movement um, in Super Rugby. I think uh, one of the Brumbies guys is heading off as well. Um, so uh, lots of that going to be going on for next season. Aaron Major has uh, stood down at um, Moana Pacifica um, as well, uh, who uh, didn't get um, their... Uh, or, or, or didn't get their win until the until the final game of the season, but at least um, they got one win um, for the um, season. Reading um, an article in Stuff um, around uh, uh, some of the stuff that the, uh, that some of the things that some of the CEO of Moana Pacifica has said, uh, and I'm going to say for me, the results on the pitch haven't uh, obviously haven't been great for Moana Pacifica and have been disappointing. We obviously would like them to win more games than that. But, um, that kind of stuff, I think, was um, expected to happen, to be honest with you. Whereas um, fan numbers, that is, to me, where Moana Pacifica really has failed um, in uh, so far. But um, um, surprise, surprise, perhaps this, this show will go on a bit longer because um, I have uh, got the uh, Mr. Stephen Harris dialing in. How are you doing, sir? Yeah, a minute, minute, minute to track me down. Great to be here, Paul. Privilege and a pleasure. Been a while. Hunted you down like a, like a rabid dog, eh? Um, it has been a while, yes, absolutely. But hey, being King's birthday's weekend and having the day off, um, perhaps uh, that's what's uh, given you the sort of spare time and the energy um, to uh, to join me. Uh, it's what it's given me the energy, I guess. But also, I mean, the weather down here in Waihee has been abysmal 
um, lots of um, heavy rain. And I'll be honest with you, folks, I'm over it. I've had enough of the rain this year. <laughs> um, and it uh, really gave me a bad, uh, a kind of depressing start to the day. Um, you saw a little video, Stephen, uh, on my uh, on my old Facebook there. But um, how, how was your weekend up in Auckland? Hopefully it was a bit drier and a bit more fun than, than my one. Yeah, it's it's been a bit of a week from um, not not the greatest week, uh, uh, Paul, and I, I won't go, go go into it. But there's been a couple of bereavements and a, um, a family medical event. So um, yeah, to, to be honest, just just probably watching a little bit of rugby has just been a a bit of uh, light relief uh, from it all. So it, it's hey, it's it's just life um, as, as we sort of know it and and. Um, all we can really do is is be there to support the ones that have that have passed on, Paul. Absolutely, yeah. or, or, or the ones that are um, that are that, well that that the, the, the are hurting and left behind. Those people we need to kind of really support. Um, the uh, but yes, absolutely. Um, so, uh, but so uh, yeah. Sorry to hear about that, Simi. I hope um, things are. Uh, well, the, the, there's there's always sunshine after the rain, and the rainbows. Uh, Coming, that's what we uh, so so do. We battle. Uh, we have to well, let's battle through, but uh, yeah, make make our way through it all. Remember, there are good times to come. Um, good evening, Simon and Nocturnal Rights, who are joining us on the old YouTube. So look, I've, I've ignored you for like a month, um, and it's great to have you have you still coming back to the show. Thank you guys um, for, uh, for for being there. Um, so I was just going through some of the um, news items from the uh, weekend, Stephen. Chatting about Moana Pacifica um, and uh, how. Uh, their numbers um, have been um, pretty poor in the uh, um, in, in the fan base. Listening to um, uh, uh, Sakilia, um, so, uh, sorry, I've obviously butchered the um, the CEO's surname there. I'm sorry about that, uh, but he's talking about um, their fan base being predominantly Pacific and from the south uh, and west of Auckland. Um, the COVID uh, cost of living crisis um, really has. Uh, has hurt their audience, and that's part of the reason for um, their low crowd numbers. Uh, whilst I get that, you look at the Warriors, who uh, have a, who kind of uh, get their fan base from a, a similar demographic, um, I believe, and they're packing out the stadium. I, I don't really think that can be uh, the only excuse, really. Um, and then when they say something along the lines of that um, more money comes from TV than it does from gate takings, it's like, yeah, you're kind of um, missing the point there that um, people want to watch want to watch games that have got good crowds. Uh, and those are the people that will be watching your away games. Yes, you're getting a good audience or, or one of the higher audiences, apparently, uh, TV-wise. But uh, I think in people, in-person audience is very important, Stephen. Oh, hugely so. That whole promotional uh, work and <clears throat> yeah, listen, I did see the article on stuff. Uh, CEO uh, Pelenato Sakalia, obviously, he's got a few thoughts of his own, and he seems to think there's some some positives, and the team is building. There, there are shown. You know, once again, you 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 need success as as a team, and this team has shown that they they are quite capable of of competing at times. But I, I just I think what it does show they haven't quite got the depth at the moment, and and I think it will basically take them a while to tap into that that South Auckland base, you know. The, and you're talking about clubs that are on the sort of fringe of uh, fringe end or south end of, of Auckland, the Papatoitoes, East Tamakis, and of course the Monaco Monaco Club, whom they uh, use a few players for. 
Um, but you but you're right. You know that promotional side is uh, is also big as well. I did wonder if they maybe should have taken one of the games up to a couple of unions that are that are maybe starved of of Super Rugby. Even if they actually took it down to counties Monaco or maybe up to to Northland, who have a, a decent size um, Pacific Island base in in their community. But um, you know, as as previously spoken on our own chat, uh, as a uh, friend of the show, Boa. Uh, Thu mentioned they do have a three-year lease at um, Mount Smart Stadium, but uh, just crowd-wise, just doesn't seem to be uh, quite working. I must admit, the start that they got with um, was it last year with 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 COVID probably didn't didn't help them, didn't help them poor. You know, didn't get them, didn't really um, give them the opportunity to get their feet on the ground. But yeah, a lot of work to be done in that space. Absolutely, I think it's going to feed them ground a lot more in schools personally. But there you go. That's my my opinion. I've talked about this a number of times uh, over the years. That I think uh, they should have basically a uh, they should just provide free sports um, a free sports education person who is in Moana Kit uh, in all the local schools um, and uh, and talk to them about about rugby. Um, that to me is how I think you're going to get get there in that one. Um, so. Um, but uh, talking, uh, but yeah, you say three years. Well, that means one one more year on that lease, and then they'll be free to to do whatever they like. But we'll have to have to see how they go about um, how they go about that. But look, the positives are this team exists. Okay, <laughs> for for a start, there's a whole bunch of players that are going to be playing at the World Cup for Tonga and Samoa, who have been getting, uh, who have been able to be full time professionals. So hence they'll be able to their, their, their strength and conditioning will be better. They'll be getting much better quality game time as well. And so from with, with that being one of the resident detras of this team is to provide a pathway to those two international teams in particular, and also uh, some of the other smaller um, Pacific nations as well. But those two in particular, uh, it, it, it will be there. Now, um, are you just a pathway or are you actually a team in your a professional team yourself that's supposed to be able to run, uh, create an income, etc.? That's, I guess, a point of debate. But some, um, the as to, as to how successful they are from the financial point of view, but from a, a playing point of view, as in providing players, I think. Look, I think they, they are. There is definitely positives there. They do exist still, uh, and it doesn't look like they're about to sort of collapse and disappear, like so many rugby startups that we've seen, for example, in the USA. Um, so, um, or even rugby teams in uh, in England that are collapsing um, at the moment. With I think the third one with London Irish looking like it might go. So um, from those point of views, look, there are positives. Are, are there positives in the results? Not particularly, let's be honest. There's a lot more work that can be done there. But another thing we've talked about in our uh, in our chat is, is, is when you compare them to Fiji and Drua. Look, the Fiji and Drua, um, the, the previous Drua perhaps were, were, were a different organisation, but there was a team in Fiji that had pathways to provide professional or semi-professional rugby um, that was there that could be tapped into um, to produce this uh, to produce the next team. There was already a fan base from that, that team as well that had been successful in the NRC, winning the NRC, I think twice, um, um, but at least once. Uh, so they had a, they already had a fan base that had been started to be built up. They already had pathways of players. Um, so they were much further along the path to becoming a super rugby, to becoming a, a team or they had piece of building blocks in place that they could use. Um, those are things that Moana Pacifica are needing to work on. Uh, are they doing it quickly enough? Do they have the resources to do it? Those are other questions that, unless you're inside the organisation, 
uh, or have much better access than we do, you're not really going to know, um, to be honest. Um, Levi Amur heading off to the Crusaders. Um, is this setting a bad precedent um, or is this a one-off? What are your feelings on that one, Stephen? Um, yeah, well, as we knew, as we knew before this team was put together that um, Moana could, there were 20% that were going to be, 20% of their playing roster were going to be available for, for New Zealand. And I think they just opened up that. Well, no, 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 we rephrase that. 80% have to be available for Pacific Islands. 20% can yeah, be available yeah, for yeah, anybody yeah, else. Yeah, Not doesn't have to be New Zealand. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say that twenty percent is is available for New Zealand, and they they left that window open, basically. So Moana had the opportunity to recruit a, a Lincoln McClutchy or or a, or a Tavatava Nawai or or indeed a uh, Levi Amua. But do you know Amua's um, form in a struggling team this year has been been so good? And let's not let's not forget he, he's been part of the Crusaders before. He's been part of the Crusaders at the Blues, so it's not as if he's he's turned up on uh, a la uh, Lincoln Lincoln McClutchy, but I can probably see maybe another player like uh, Timosi Tabatabanawai, who's such a dangerous player, destructive player with with ball in hand. On saying that he is Fijian, and you do wonder if um, if the Fijian drew may may reach out to uh, to Tabatabanawai, and boy, imagine. What sort of carnage he would cause at a uh, at a rugby world cup, you know, if available for Fiji. I don't know what their their contract uh, uh, stipulations are, but I think Paul, this is just going to be unfortunately a little bit of a slow burn. And like you say, it comes back to marketing, marketing that particular that particular Pacific Island area that is that is South Auckland because there are some very very good players uh, running around. As you know, I cover the Auckland. Uh, club scene and the leading team at the moment is Manuko, and they seem to be a little bit of a, a hub or a feeder uh, to Moana Pacifica at, at the moment, and and you can see why they're leading the Auckland uh, club competition at the moment. You've got a lot of guys that are training with Moana Pacifica. Um, what their ceiling is going to eventually be, I don't really know, um, to be brutally honest. The other thing I suppose we've got to think about is uh, you know Christian Liliafano and um, and uh, also the uh, the props of Kopikipu were their original signings. Are those guys going to be around for for a third season as well? Because they're going to have to replace probably their two most experienced heads at at some time. Paul, absolutely. I mean those two. I mean, uh, unfortunately, Kopikipu has been injured this all this season, but the. Uh, there's a lot of players in here in this team that haven't been in a professional environment before um, and need to learn that. Uh, now, and one of the other points in the article on stuff was that some players complained about not getting game time. Well, yes, perhaps some of those players weren't behaving or hadn't adapted to what being a, pre- a full-time professional meant. Uh, it was interesting listening to on the Altera Rugby podcast that Sky put together um, when they had interviewed uh, McBride from obviously the head coach of Fiji and Drua and how he talked about, again, the players uh, in the that the, the Fiji and Drua had, again, they didn't have, they don't come, they don't, haven't got the experience of being in a professional environment. Also, they haven't got the experience of playing, uh, basically, of, of, of doing more um, line-out malls. Um, they just don't do that. Style of plays isn't there in their club game, isn't something they do, they, they do from the age of 15, whatever. So they arrive, 
without the same base skill set in that area. Now, they have ex exceptionally good skill sets in counter-attacking and broken play rugby. Absolutely. So it's a it's a swings and roundabouts thing. But it's, he says, look, that part of the game is going to take several seasons to sort out for them um, because yeah. they don't have that background in there. Now, look, um, I forgot where I was going with this, but anyway, um, something on those sort of sort of. Oh, oh, listen, and if and if you turn it the other way, Paul, you look at all the players that come through the New Zealand system. Well, you could arguably say some of those those kids that come into super teams have pretty much been professionals <laughs> since they've been at school because they're yep. you know usually a lot of them are at academies where they're living, breathing, doing the weight training. They're already basically um, looking after their bodies, diet, ex you know, etc. And some of them they come out of secondary schools, they're versed for New Zealand under twenties, and they go into NPC straight into super. So man, that's a lot of miles. And a huge advantage that's under your belt that I think gets a little overlooked by 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 a lot of people. And like I say, I come back to what I said. It's this is gonna be a little bit of a slow burn and it's also gonna take a bit of convincing to to get some real quality marquee players. Um and you and you need you need two squads, and that's been proven by you know the likes of the, the the Chiefs and the Crusaders, you know the Crusaders, despite all the injuries, have got enough cover in their squad to do the job. But even even they're starting to dig deep. But you know, and we'll get to the Super Rugby results. Even the Chiefs showed they could still roll out a second. They could still roll out a second squad and still be relatively competitive and, and put some of the lesser Australian sides away. Yep. Now, Dr. Rice says, yeah, going to never be a threat. Um, the best players are taken. Um, Crusaders had a chance to sign him, I Ligaimua, for years, but uh, waited until more to paid played him. Yeah, sure. He gave him, they gave him the platform to, to prove who the, the, what he is. Now, um, Wan won't be a threat if they keep only selecting from New Zealand, right? Which is where 95% of their current squad is from. Um, or maybe it's actually, maybe it's 85% when you talk about Levi Moore and, um, and Scopey Kepu in there, but it's predominantly New Zealand-based players. Um, if or when they get that feeder from Tonga and Samoa and get players from there, then they can become a threat and then they can become competitive because it's getting it taking a tapping a source of talent that isn't currently already being tapped. Um, the uh, as much as uh, French role or or, inter or European rugby has um, some academies in the islands, particularly in Fiji. Um, look, they're, they're essentially it's untapped at the moment, and hence. With the miracle coming over and playing well, uh, he'll be the he'll be the um, the figurehead or the center or, or the, the the vanguard of those people coming through. And it's going to be a slow burn. It's going to take time for those players to come through for those oh. those pathways to be built properly. And and boy, what what a, what a good player! And I listen. I would be more annoyed if um, one of the New Zealand franchises went after went after Miracle uh, uh, Falangi. Um, to be honest, because he's a he's a homegrown Pacific. Pacific Island, um, Pacific Island player, who um, who basically came out of the seventh system. Now, man, he he could be a shining light for uh, for kids for kids back in the island that have got a lot of potential. So let, let's let, let's hope so. Yeah, let's not put too much on his shoulders and let him actually play rugby as well. <laughs> the other side of things, let's going to be a bit careful with him, uh, and hopefully, and I'm sure Martin will be. Not um, right. Will Fongaray ever get a Blues game? Um, get one Pacific up there for one. Well. Um, Look, Fongaray hosted the Women's Rugby World Cup. They have some fantastic facilities up there now. Uh, the Blues should be playing one game a season, at least up there, not just a pre-season game. Um, and it should be a, a real game up there. So Blues, again, 
Um, it's one of the one of their failings. I think they should get up there and do that. Um, the uh, a bit of a bit of a bit of a sad note on the for um, actually, I'll, I'll, before I move on to that next point. Any other points about uh, Fongaray and rugby? Yeah, just just to answer nocturnal rights. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I don't know how well it'll go down with with the Blues because Northern are obviously considered part of the part of the Blues franchises. But you know, if you were taking if you were taking Moana to any um, provincial provincial venue, you'd actually take them to an area that's basically starved of of any sort of Super Rugby. And it's not just Moana. I mean, to say, imagine imagine if you got the Highlanders up there you'd actually get a you got the Highlanders or the you know or, the, or indeed that would be weird having the blues play up there so I might I might I might park I might park that up but any other no, but look, we, I mean just like I said the blues should play one game a year in Fongaray um the um the, um, the Highlanders should have to play one game a year in Invercargill um the Crusaders should play one game a year in Nelson the um uh the um, and, and obviously, uh, with with, um, uh, with hurricanes, you're talking about Napier, uh, maybe Palmerston North. Um, one of those two, uh, and alternate between those two. Um, with the with the Chiefs, uh, it's a bit more difficult because they've got um, County of Manukau, uh, you've got uh, Taranaki and Bay of Plenty. Pardon me. Plus, plus, uh, obviously, um, oh, I've gone blank. Where's Hamilton? Hamilton's in. So now look, the, the, the Chiefs did take a game down to New Plymouth, but I think that'll probably have to be rotated. I, I, and, and to be fair, counties Manicow on their ground. I love the ground. I think it's, 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 it's true provincial. Um, unfortunately, it's too provincial really to post proper Super Rugby games, uh, in all honesty. Um, mm. the, um, so yes, so I do think that, um, that those are, that, 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 that yeah, the Blues should take also the Chiefs uh, again. Uh, um, Taronga doesn't have a decent stadium, so it has to be either Rotorua or New Plymouth, and those two should get one each year or, 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 or alternate between the two of them. Sorry, so at least one game is outside of there. Um, so to me, um, those are the, those are um, uh, those to, yeah, the the Super Rugby teams should be taking their games um, around the other places to keep because at the moment. Keep the interest in the game. Try spreading the, the word, etc. Um, I said Highlanders did did that with Palmerston North. Um, I really wow. Okay, that should be a that should be a hurricane rather than Highlanders. Um, I think the Highlanders took a pre-season game to Queenstown, um, and you, you see, and uh, the um, the Hurricanes do take a pre-season game to oh, Ekatahuna. Um, uh, well, because I've I actually been to Ekatahuna for a game. A few years ago now, probably 2015, I think it was. Um, so 2015 or 2016. So um, um, the uh, yes, yeah, so I took yeah, to, I, so Stephen, I took the overnight um, sleeper coach from Auckland down to uh, down to Wellington, um, which had beds. So I slept on the top bunk there, which felt like being on a boat. Um, as it, um, what, what do you what do you do? You pull it? Do you pull a cord to stop the train as well, or let's stop the coach? So the whole train, the coach. It it just stops at designated uh, stops, does it? Um, the, um, and yeah, do that, and then unfortunately on the way back, um, the, uh, the 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 sleeper coach um, was was out. So we had to get, come back in a, a normal coach um, that wasn't um, uh, wasn't named as wasn't branded up with the uh, the coach company. So obviously it was clearly a, it was a cheap one. They'd had to hire, um, and 
Um, unfortunately, when it went uphill, something was wrong with the uh, fueling because it would start juddering uphill um, and would, uh, uh, so the fuel wasn't going to the engine properly. Uh, and there's an awful lot of going up and down hills between Wellington and Auckland. I can tell you that was a long night. Just, just a, an, interesting, an interesting step too before we, <clears throat> we move, move on and finally. Now, apparently Moana Pacifica has 48,000 followers on Instagram. And if you compared that with the Chiefs that has two hundred and thirty four thousand or, or or even or even the even the Highlanders that has one hundred and forty three thousand. So it just shows you that maybe maybe that maybe the difference. And well, you know what you've got to also remember there is probably a huge Pacific Island uh, following that that still follows the respective uh, five New Zealand franchises. Oh absolutely. Yep. Um the um, right, so that's uh, yeah. Let's move on from um, from one in particular. Um, uh, those sort of things. I don't think there are any other particularly. New, oh, um, Patrick Topolotu, Topolotu has fortunately broke his arm uh, in that game, so he will be out for the um, for the, uh, for the for the playoffs out for six weeks. So back in time for I guess, uh, I guess the tail end of the rugby championship and also into the rugby world cup if he uh, is selected. But um, yeah, real shame for him. Um, breaking his arm um, that's um, that the weekend. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Big, big loss. He's, he's been playing very well. Um, he's, he's hit a bit of a bit of a purple, a purple uh, patch of form. I noticed he's been calling himself a heck of a lot more in, in, in the lineouts in recent times. He, they've got a, a, a little bit of little bit of cover there, and um, obviously Tom Robertson and um, and also. Uh, um, is it James James Tucker as well that they, they can call on? But those guys are now going to have a pretty huge workload going into quarters, quarters and semis. Should they progress that far? Shouldn't jump the gun, really. I mean, should they pro? Dearie me, if if they don't, then uh, yeah, something something very very wrong. Um, but anyway, let's uh, let's crack on with the weekend's games. Then I've got some stats up here. But first off, Blues um, against the Highlanders. Highlanders. Look, um, disappointing season clearly uh, with, with with where they're finished. Now we'll, we'll look at the uh, season wide or season long stats um, after this. So we won't, we, we'll, we'll probably dash through this relatively quickly. But um, uh, look, not a great game. Eh? The Blues. If you look at the stats here, the Highlanders zero line breaks, missed forty seven tackles. That's the second highest number of tackles missed in the entire season. Um, Stephen, can you name the other team that missed forty nine tackles? Uh, I'd, I'd probably say it would be would be Moana, I would imagine. Nope, it was the Crusaders in the opening game against the Chiefs. Um, wow. They missed 49 tackles. So, wow. <laughs> um, so the only team to have, to have missed more than 47 tackles in a game is the Crusaders. Um, the, the Crusaders had, had an absolute shocker in that for opening game, let's be honest. Um, but look, if you make zero line breaks, Stephen, and you miss 49 tackles, you deserve to lose, and you deserve to lose by more than 16-9. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Listen, I've got to give the, the Highlanders a, a little bit of credit because, you know, I saw the stats at half time, and, like, the Blues had 70%, and that was worth the position and also field position as well. And credit to the Highlanders. They they, they defended their backsides off. And, and, and obviously the Blues were nowhere near their best, couldn't. Couldn't really, despite all that ball, couldn't put anything um, constructive together. And once again, they, they only try. Really, all came about through once again from that man again, um, Mark Mark Tillier, individual individual try scoring. 
uh, brilliant. So I think probably both sides would be really disappointed at at the end of the day on saying that Blues did what they they had to with with regards to the Highlanders. There was some good. I thought there were some pretty useful performances defensively, but I I just thought that a couple of calls in terms of replacements, like we all know Aaron Smith is, is a world-class halfback and he looked good, but I, I actually thought they needed to inject Pakatava a little bit early and he did inject a little bit, but I thought that was too late, too little too, too, too late. And of course, Jerome Mainsley was having all sorts of issues with uh, Nepo Lalala at scrum time. And I think he probably needed to be pulled a little bit earlier as well. I think they just gave the Blues just far too much field position, too much of the game played down in their half. And when the opportunity arose, it was a case of pull too little, too late. Yeah, look, and, and he, uh, I agree. I think they should have pulled pulled pulled, it, pulled him because he was, he was he was having an awful time at scrum time. Pull him in the first half. Look, the thing about props is you can bring them back if you need to, right? <laughs> Unlike other players, once they're gone, they're gone. Um, and, um, so I think you, I think you can bring him back. Uh, so yeah, substitute him early. Um, have a quick chat with him off, off the off so he doesn't, doesn't lose his high confidence in himself. But to me, yeah, absolutely, he, he should have been. Uh, uh, yeah, he should have been should should have been pulled much earlier on. Um, moving on then, another team that did what they needed to do. The Brumbies beat the Rebels thirty three seventeen. Um, unsurprising there, um, to be honest, pretty much um, what I was expecting. I've not seen this game or seen highlights. I'll be honest with you, um, but uh, as, as pretty typical from the Brumbies, look at that, 8 from 8 at the scrum time, 14 from 16 at the line-outs, solid set piece, um, very few turnovers with uh, with 12, um, missed less tackles, and uh, on, on on that note, if you've um, if you look at, if you've got a solid set piece, you look after your ball, um, you're going to win most games, and that's what the Brumbies did. Yeah, oh, very much so. Listen, the, the the rebels started reasonably well. This this set piece was 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 pretty solid, especially uh, at, at at scrum time, and they were they were causing the uh, the Brumbies a, a whole lot of errors. But uh, listen, the yellow cut to reach Reese Hodge around about the thirty third minute just opened up an opportunity which the Brumbies took. And uh, listen, for the next fourteen minutes of the second half at twenty eight ten, they pretty much had the game. In the bag, and they just um, they pretty much finished it off with a uh, with 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 a try in the last minute, just to stretch it out. End of the day, very comfortable comfortable win. I agree with what Nocturnal Rights has just mentioned. Carter Gordon is, I I think he's a really good option for the Wallabies this year. Um, not just with his attack, but defensively, he's one of the better first fives around. I'd, I'd certainly love to see the stats uh, in, in in and around that area. But like the way he holds the ball up. Runs at the line, and you know you can only imagine what, how good he can be around better company. Yep. Uh, so yeah, so a couple of, of, of uh, it might be a rebuilding time for Rebels. I mean, they've lost a few bunch of players, I think. Um, so uh, and, and they, they've they've had some decent games at home, but travelling has definitely been their Achilles' heel. Another team that have been very good at home uh, but struggled to travel are the Fiji and Drua. And Drua uh, beat the Reds forty-one to seventeen. Um, now this was I, I had I had a stat all lined up to um, already to say to, to to ask people was kind of which team um, except from one Pacifica hasn't scored a try bonus point um, and it was going to be the Fiji and Drua and Drua but they got a try bonus point in their last game of the year uh, of the season uh, which is, is is surprising considering how 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 they have scored 
um, tries um, so uh, so so frequently. Um, but anyway, the um, the big win there, forty-one um, over seventeen. We saw that the TB had the Reds as favourites for this game, and we all just laughed um, and thought, "My God, easy money!" Um, yeah. Now I should put more than just my two dollars on a multi um, for them because look, that was at home. They were always going to um, run rampant, always, always going to beat the Reds. And again, another team with zero line breaks in the Reds. <laughs> you know the Fiji and Drua at home are going to score score tries. You've got to get your own line breaks too, haven't you, Steve? Yeah, oh, very much so. Listen, that, that was a that was a, just a celebration of rugby at the end. You know, seven to seventeen all, all at half time. But you you felt if the Drua were close, there was a good chance they could uh, run over the Reds, and that's exactly what they did. And you know, you you go through the Reds Reds lineup, boy, that. That wasn't a bad sort of, you know. Okay, they 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 probably knew they could probably lose and still make the finals. But boy, you look at their backline: Campbell, Dunguni, Vunivalu, Fluk, Paisami, O'Connor, McDermott. That's that's not a backline. And you know, you go into the pack. They they still had a quality pack on on the on the paddock. But you know, um, you, when you go up to the islands, you've got to be a hundred percent full, as a few teams have found out found out this year. And unfortunately for the Reds. Um, they weren't in this game, especially in the last twenty minutes. I mean, I should have checked this, but I think the Blues are the only team that have gone to the gone got up there and won. Um, every other team that's gone there has lost. Now, not every team has gone. The Chiefs didn't go to didn't go to Fiji, uh, but still, that's um, yeah. that's a hell of a record by the Fiji by the the Andrew there. So oh, well done to them. Oh, very very much so. And listen, there's also a couple of lessons in there, Paul. That if you go up to play the Drua, you've got to hang on to your ball. And as, as the Blues did in that particular game, they just ground them down in the in the forwards because I don't think you could afford to play too much rugby, uh, Paul. If you, if you make mistakes at what out wide, I think the Drua that sort of team will just latch on to any any loose ball that's going, and their off the cuff style um, is, is enough to break any team team open um, onwards and upwards. And congrats for making the making the quarterfinals. Um, Simon here says there's there's, uh, um, there's, um, there's plans to upgrade the grounds in Tauranga. Just to let you know, yes, I'm aware of that, uh, but we're still some way away from that at the moment. Um, we've seen how long it takes uh, Christchurch to build a stadium, so I'm not holding my breath uh, for Tauranga to build there. To be honest with you, because I'll be well dead before it gets anywhere near that. Vunavalu um, baffles me getting a contract extension. Uh, yeah, interesting one. Injuries and Think he hasn't kind of struck the ground running uh, as I think people expect. Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
conference, but we'll see how he how he goes uh, in in the future. Um, I've brought up this this slide, which is one we'll, we'll talk about later more more so. But look, the Andrea kicked the game, kicked the ball on average fourteen times. That's nearly half what the Chiefs do. Um, they like to hold on to the ball. So if you go to if you if you go up to Fiji uh, and you don't hold on, and you don't hold on to your ball. All you, you're going to spend a lot of time tackling because they're just going to keep running it back to back at you. They're never going to, you're never going to kick, it, kick it back to you. You're not going to get it. Um, so you're quite right there. Moving on then, Hurricanes versus the Crusaders. Um, the uh, Hurricanes, um, I'll be honest, this was um, one of the ones that um, destroyed. Actually, no, this was the first one that destroyed my multi because I had it on the Crusaders. Um, look, as for the referee, the first time that Coles and Taylor were having a go at each other, I'd yellow carded both of them and got them off the pitch and told them to calm down. Um, Coles, yeah, um, I, if he, he's fantastic at it. I don't like it, <laughs> but he is he's a fantastic grub. Um, and he, uh, yeah, congratulations to him. Well done. He did what he wanted. He did. He achieved what he wanted to do, which was get Taylor uh, yellow carded and himself not yellow carded. So well done. Um, I don't like it, but yeah, um, there you go. And that um, proved to be. Um, Pardon me, uh, an important part of this game, Stephen. Oh, very, very much so. L listen, two minutes going into halftime, your multi looked pretty safe at 19-3, uh, Paul. And uh, to be honest, um, it just looked like slow strangulation that the Crusaders would just basically grind the Hurricanes down. But a couple of things also, three things actually happened. Um, just that try that uh, Billy Proctor scored just on halftime. And it just, you know, just kept them close enough. And of course, the next thing that happened was um, Sam Whitelock being being replaced at at, at halftime as well. He he was pulled for the field, so you lose your leadership. And of course, the third thing, the yellow card to uh, to Cody Taylor, and unfortunately for the Crusaders, that was the the catalyst that pretty much um, let the intruder back in the house. <laughs> the intruder being uh, the intruder being the the Hurricanes, and boy, credit to them, they took full advantage. Yeah, now. There's um oh I've gone blank as to what it's called now. So I'll just quick check because I do want to I don't want to name check him. Um uh, Dylan Clever from the Bounce, um, who has a, a, a an email that goes out. Um now he talks about how the um the worst or the the the, the least looking forward to quarterfinals, the blues versus the Waratahs, is they're both backing into the quarterfinals. Um he said he said basically basically they they've gone downhill. I would be worried here if I was the Crusaders. I'd be, or, or at least alarm bells. Or red, there should be a red flag here for the, the Crusaders. They missed 32 tackles in this game. Um, one of the things I mentioned about at the top of the, at the top of the, at the top was their stats during their opening game. Look, they've lost. They they lost two out of their four scrums. They missed 32 tackles. If we go back up to the very first game of the season, they lost. They only got two out of their six scrums, and they missed. Oh, sorry, two out of their three scrums. Um, um, they missed. That forty-nine tackles. Um, now it's not as red as 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 um, as it was against uh, the Chiefs, but uh, that, that, that's habits that they're not going to want to repeat. Uh, now they've improved clearly, and you'll see that from the overall season, the overall season stats. But um, they need to be wary of that of missing tackles heading into probably not the quarterfinal against the the the, 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 the and Drua, but come semi-final time. That's something they're going to want to be. The, the race is going to be definitely all over them for because, yeah, that could be a worry for them. Yeah, and and I also I don't want to be be picky, but once again, not for the first time, we've seen 
Scott Barrett exposed on that on that long side as as well, Paul. And I just wonder in that situation if you if you take if you take a Scott Barrett in, in, into a World Cup in a, in a similar situation, maybe you, you, you maybe you swap the you put an open side to that short side because um, you know that's an area where a lot of teams will expose them once again a, a template going into the year. Uh, Going into the quarters and semis for a lot of teams, or an area where uh, where other teams can look at. We also saw a nice little break from Cam Roygaard down that blind side, as as well. We scooted away from the defence. Unfortunately, if he'd looked if he'd looked on the outs, if he'd looked on the outside, he had a winger winger on the outside. Decided to go for the kick, but uh, listen, everything turned out good for Roygaard and the Canes on the day. Yeah, lock to right to the head. Barrett is a six. Not uh, is not a six. He's a very good lock. I agree, he's a lock as well. Now, look, we've, we've got other teams that are doing it. I mean, you've uh, Peter Sefter Toy for South Africa. You've got Courtney Laws for England. It does seem to be the current trend, but um, it's what they tried in the uh, in the uh, semi final at twenty nineteen. It's um, and he doesn't seem to have learnt from that. Um, I, yeah, I wouldn't be putting him at six to be honest with you. Um, yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, Dr. Right, yeah, shoehorning players um, exposes these problems. Absolutely. Um, again, also Topu Va'ai is also another player who's been, uh, who did that for the Chiefs early season. Again, I don't think he's done enough, done it enough to be someone I would look, want to do at international level either. So yeah. really hope that's not there, not the answer for sex. Yeah, to, to be fair, the Crusaders are, are missing, a, you know, a couple of loose forwards to, to injury at the moment, um, namely Callum Grayson and, and Ethan Blackadder. And, and you would imagine, uh, had they been available, one of those play, two players would have filled uh, one of those one of those particular gaps. Uh, uh, Paul and I'm not a hundred percent sure if if Barrett would have started in the six jersey, maybe off, the, maybe an off the bench. Option, no, I think uh, he, he, would, he would he would have started in the right. He would, he, would, he would have been next to Whitelock. Whitelock White in the middle row. So, that, so there you go. So that's, that's the other might, thing. Anyway. Yep. And moving on then, um, Tars versus uh, Moana Pacifica. As we said, Moana Pacifica picks up their first win of the season. Well done to them. Um, 24-33. That also, my, my, my um, multi had already been bust, but uh, this one also busted as well. Uh, well and truly. Um well done to Moana, but uh, one of the things that they've been able to do with particularly two players we've talked about earlier on, Levi Amua and also um, Toa Tabanawai, uh, is those two players bust tackles. Uh, missed tackles uh, is one of the big things here. 36 missed tackles by the Waratahs. Yes, it's not as bad as the Highlanders, but still, that's a lot of missed tackles um, against the team. And if you miss that many... Uh, yeah, that leads to line breaks, which leads to scores. And well done to Moana Pacifica for uh, finishing one off. Look, they only lost to the Andrua by one point up in Suva. Um, so they've been close before, but uh, finally they got one, which I think is a, a, a decent send-off or, or, or something that I think Aaron Major deserved. I don't think he deserves it to go, go away with a, with a, uh, a donut in his final season um, as the head coach even. Yeah, I, I, listen. I, I think, I think on, on on Saturday night, I think they were probably able to feast fields close to their strongest. Um, obviously with Sakopa Kipu out, but I think that was probably close to their strongest uh, lineup 
as as well, Paul. So you, you can you can pro- probably probably see the difference. They'll, they'll probably look back at the season and look look at a couple of games that they they probably should have won. You, you think back to that game against the against the Blues. Um, yep. You know that that was probably a game that got away with them. That was back in round round eleven. Didn't didn't quite know how to close it out. If you, if you know what I mean, so you know the, the the potential is there. There were times that they were they were very competitive, competitive, but there also been times where um, they get they got exposed with their depth. I think one game that comes to mind, I think the Hurricanes game, usually a found with Moana. They were they were usually in games up until about, if not half time, up until about the 60th minute, before it was all undone with 20 minutes to go. Yeah, also the Hurricanes came to this knowing that they'd uh, lost by a golden point in, in season one. So they weren't going to take this game uh, <laughs> lightly, whereas um, a lot of other teams might underestimate uh, or, or be a bit complacent um, against Moana. Uh, the Hurricanes were not going to be. Um, Warriors are lacking a tight five. You can probably see that in that um, in, a de- in, a, in a good uh, set piece there for Moana Pacifica. Eight from nine at scrum time, 14 from 15 at line at time um, as well. Uh, yeah. But um, actually, one thing we should probably look at, which we didn't talk about, here, is at the top there, Blues Highlanders. 22 scrums in a game? What the hell? Hold on to the ball. Jeez. Um, yeah, some, some poor handling there. You should not be having 11, uh, 22 scrums in a game, folks, at this level. Sure, if you're talking about Waihee Club Rugby, yes. Um, in, in the Thames Valley, I expect to see a lot of scrums, a lot of knock-ons. I don't expect it. Um, no matter what the weather um, uh, at Super Rugby level, um, so that's yep. just my little rant. <laughs> yep. No, it was to be to be fair. It was, it was it was a very, very very hard watch, and um, you know, I, I think that area of lock has been a, been an issue for the um, for the Waratahs for a, a, a long time. I thought they missed somebody like Jed Holloway in the second row, who gives them a lot of go forward. On, on the carry, but it, it's a real worry. I'll tell you what, not not the way for for um, for Michael Hooper, who you know I I, I think is a, is a fantastic player, and I think he probably deserves to go out in, uh, in 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 better style. But it won't be the last we we see of him. Obviously, we'll see him in a Wallaby jersey during twenty twenty three, and in the semi final, bigger pardon, probably and in the quarterfinal at Eden Park on uh, <laughs> Friday night. I think it is for. Uh, yes, it is that one. Um, uh, the looking at so then it's into the final game. Force versus the the, um, the Chiefs. The Force had won all of their home games coming to this weekend, um, and so I put a cheeky couple of dollars on them, thinking that um, the Chiefs might take it lightly. But I think the Chiefs, after losing that game to the Reds in New Plymouth, um, that was a wake up call. Um, that, I mean, look, a loss is never a good loss, okay? But it is never good, but as far as losses go, that was a good loss for the Chiefs because, A, um, they already came into this game having secured top of the table. It didn't matter. They could rest some players. But it meant all the other players went into this and making sure that they were going to win it. Um, uh, a big uh, a big defensive shift, having to make the most tackles out of anybody this weekend, did the Chiefs. So uh, even though they won at 43-19, this wasn't a, um, this was, wasn't a uh, sort of make the force camp in their 22 and attack them all the time. Look, I've not watched it, but 13 line breaks, oh my word. Um, yeah. If your line breaks get into double figures, you're in trouble. Um, yeah. Or the opposition is in trouble. Uh, look, yeah, the force clearly defensively, 31 missed tackles, allowing 13 line breaks. Um, and this Chiefs team is 
<laughs> is well coached. Um, yeah. Another time for um, for Clayton McMillan, and I'm sure he will be involved in the All Black setup at some point in his future. Yeah. Um, maybe he replaces uh, Razor. Who knows? But anyway, um, I'm, I'm, yeah. I'm going down a rabbit hole there. Yeah, quite 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 interesting. You, you talk about the defensive shift from the Chiefs. I think you can basically put that down to the force who play in a very narrow channel. Uh, Paul, they they use their ball carriers. They don't always get the ball wide, and the problem for them is when they do turn ball over. Um, usually, the Chiefs will bite you from anywhere in a counter attacking situation. And uh, boy, it's it's not bad when you've still got Stevenson, uh, Nanai Satoro, and and Coombs family. <laughs> At the back there, and that boy's still pretty. They were still pretty handy through the mid, middle. The interesting one was, um, for me, was Ramaka uh, Poihipi playing at a uh, first line. Um, boy, looked looked pretty solid there, especially when you've got Rivers uh, Ray Hunter on the bench who was returning from uh, returning from injury. So I, I thought Poihipi did a, a very commendable job stepping into that uh, stepping into that uh, first five duty with. Um, both uh, Damien McKenzie and um, also Joshuani not available. Oh, sorry, yes. yeah. And Gatland as well. Um, and Gatland, yeah. So, yeah, a number, a number of, of players there. So, yeah, so yeah, good result for the Chiefs. Uh, unlucky for the force. Um, and that uh, leads us to um, the final table um, of the year. So, Chiefs, uh, Crusaders, Blues, Brumbies are the top four getting home quarterfinals. The Hurricanes... Uh, make out that top five. There's a big gap between those and everyone else. The Waratahs sat in that sixth place, clear again, or five uh, more than five points clear of the of, of the of the Fijian and Drua. So even though they lost to Mar Pacifica, they uh, that game didn't really matter as far as their standing in the table concerned, um, and they're kind of uh, a clear best of the rest. The rest then um, between the Fijian and Drua Reds, Highlanders, Force and Rebels, they were all bouncing around and exchanging places during the season uh, with the um, Andrua uh, and the Reds getting those final two um, quarterfinal um, positions. Um, so the, um, for the four teams that uh, didn't make the finals, the Highlanders, Force, Rebels and Moana Pacifica. And before we go into um, some of these stats and uh, pull out what makes a successful team or not a successful team, um, Stephen, let's just quickly go through those four teams that haven't made it to the finals um, and say... Have they, um, uh, have, have they kind of, uh, or how do you think their season has gone? I think for the Highlanders, you got to say this has been a very disappointing season not to make the playoffs. They would expect to have been in there, um, and they'll be not happy with how they've uh, how they've gone. And you knew at some point Stephen would have to forget to turn off his mute. It was going to happen sooner or later. Yeah, it was. It was. Luckily, it happened with only twelve minutes to go. Um, yes. Hugely disappointing because when you look through their personnel, they've actually still got a lot of the personnel that they had from last year. Yep, okay, they started the season with some injuries. I think just probably at the end of the day, just unusually for the Highlanders, just not having enough strike power. You know, I thought there were a couple of times in, in some games where they actually where they actually stood up, stood up in the in, in, in the forwards, not always having Aaron Aaron Smith on on deck. Probably was later in the season, Fakatavik. Uh, kept, kept, finally captured some form, but boy, just a, a real lack of, of of X factor in this in this Highlanders team. And you know, usually that's that's unusually for unusual for them. They, they they're normally a heck of a lot better. You know, up and they're probably their, their two or three best performances in the group. 
um, Aaron Smith was consistently good good for them throughout the, the season. I also thought Frizzell, when he was asked to step into lock, I thought <clears throat> I thought he he went pretty he went pretty well. Yeah, it's just hard to know. New coaching group as as well. You can you can chuck that in the mix whether they, whether they'll be around next year. I don't really know. One thing that, that the Highlanders have got going for them, though, Paul, I think they've got a lot of young, talented guys that um, that are that are not quite that are not quite there, but they will be there in the years to come. There's a lot, you know, they've got the lot, and I'm talking about guys like Short Short with the um, Fabian Holland, you know, play, players like that. And they have got a bit of a base, you know, young uh, Jack Taylor. I think he's in the New Zealand under-20s, the, the hooker, you know, and Cam Miller, who's the, who's the first five. So they have got some good young players. But, you know, at the at the end of the day, you probably still need a, a couple of cagey old, um, cagey old experienced guys. You know, one of, the, one of the guys that, one of the leadership guys that they lost in, in, re- in recent times was Ash Dixon. It just seemed to get the best out of out of that team, and yeah. I think they had specific leaders in specific areas. But overall, Paul, they would be disappointed. They would have been very fortunate had they made the the, uh, the quarterfinals. Paul, they would have been. Look, from a from a coach point of view, I don't think you can chuck a guy out after one season. But I do think, uh, look, with only four line breaks, clearly attack needs to be worked on. Um, and with twenty six, uh, so with, with, which is the worst, number, the fewest number of line breaks out of any team, with only twenty eight. Uh, and sorry, and with 28 missed tackles, the highest average per game out of any team, defence needs to be worked on. So the two, <laughs> attack and defence, um, it's both sides of the ball. They need work. So, uh, yeah, definitely uh, work from a coaching point of view. But I, I wouldn't necessarily change the head coach um, straight away. Next up, the force. Look, they won all their home games except against the Chiefs. To me, um, a pass, but not happy, but, uh, but, but not a failure of a season. Um, for the force, um, they uh, conceded the fewest turnovers, so um, perhaps the best there, but the least disciplined with 12 uh, penalties a game. Um, so to me, yeah, look, uh, 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 and uh, some sort of thing happens to the Rebels. Decent at home, struggle away. Both those teams, for me, I would say had, um, had average seasons. Uh, not good, but also not bad. Yeah, yeah. Look, listen, Force started the season well, Paul. They, they, were, they were two and one. After after round three, so then they then they pretty much hit the Highlanders. But that that big loss, I think they had to. Um, I think it was the Reds. They were well beaten by the they were well beaten by the Reds. You know, listen, I think that was a a bit of a, a bit of a pointer that they were they could be pretty leaky at times. And you know, when you when once again you look at their their average missed tackling stats, that's high, and you are you are definitely not going to. Win games, but there, there were there were games. They were a little unlucky. The game I think played down in Palmerston Wharf against the Hurricanes. They lost 45-42. Little bit un, unlucky that game, but I don't think ever they were they were ever capable of basically backing it up. Like you look at the next round, they went and played the Waratahs, got well and truly humbled. And but they were you know their best win of the season probably that win against the Highlanders, uh, thirty to seventeen at home was was. Um, was dare I say pretty pretty convincing for the force? Yeah, look, I mean, the force a bit like the Endura, both um, uh, again uh, stuck out all the way over there in West Australia. Um, it's a long trip there; you lose a day's training to go and visit them. It does mean whenever they visit anyone else, they lose a day's training too. Um, so, hence, yeah, the, their their the, the their home and away 
is going to be um, a, a, a big thing for them. And again, the, the uh, playing up in Suva um, with the humidity and the heat, uh, again, the Fijian and Drua, uh, they train in that, then have to travel to cold places like Canberra to play games. Um, so again, those two teams uh, are the two teams that got the biggest uh, home advantage, but also the biggest travelling um, struggle. And Monarchs, if we've talked a lot about already, they're going to be disappointed with their season, absolutely. Um, talk pre-season of them making the playoffs were uh, optimistic, if I put it nicely. Um, but um, so, yes, so I don't think there's much more we need to say about those guys. Um, Stephen, looking at the rest of it then, uh, look, the Chiefs, unsurprisingly, um, are the uh, uh, finished top of the table. They also have four green sections, so they scored the most average points again. Um, they uh, kicked the most ball again, so using that attacking kicking. Um, they had the most line breaks per game, so you can't say, oh, look, they're a boring team. If you've got the most line breaks, clearly you're attacking with ball in hand, even though you kick it the most. Um, and they missed the fewest tackles, so very good defence there. Something that uh, is pretty similar to the Blues, in the fact that the Blues have also got a high number of line breaks um, and a high high number of uh, or a very low number of missed tackles. Two teams that um, both attack well and also um, defend well, and unsurprisingly, they're in the top three. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It all, it all, it all pretty adds up. And, and even if you look at the average sort of penalties conceded. Actually, they're, they're all pretty consistent across the board. I've got to say, which is which has got to got to got to actually be a good thing, um, you know. In, t- in, t- in terms of the, I, I would imagine that's the average tackle uh, penalties given away, Paul, on the far far side. Absolutely, yes. So that's the average penalty given away. So they, for those of you who are listening to the podcast rather than what looking at it, its range is nine by the Brumbies. So the only team to be in single figures. The worst is twelve by the Waratahs and the fourth. So um, everyone else is ten, eleven, or twelve. It's not a big difference, as you say. It's pretty. It's a pretty. That stat doesn't alter or doesn't doesn't vary as much as you'd perhaps expect um, there with uh, with with that one. So yeah, no no big baddies um, and no goody goody two shoes either um, in the in, mm. across the across the uh, tournament. Mm. It, 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 absolutely, it's going to be um, interesting for a lot of these sides. And obviously, the season hasn't. It's, it's still got a got a few weeks to go. But it's going to be interesting for a lot of these teams who are who are basically going to lose you know lose lose person lose personnel, and it's going to be I think the once again you sort of point to your local competitions to, to sort of what talent is going to come through to, to make up these, these numbers. But um, just just off the bat, I can see a team like the Fiji and Drua um, only getting better um, moving forward, Paul, especially uh, given. Um, What's happening in in Europe with with a few clubs that are, that are struggling over there? We might actually see a few Pacific Island players uh, head back towards uh, New Zealand and some and, and some New Zealand players as, as well. There are some some returning as well, but I suppose that's going to be the interesting thing for me. But uh, I suppose we have got some finals to look forward to. We got some finals to look forward to. I mean, one other thing I would say about these stats as well: um, if you look at the uh, Crusaders, they finished second but they are very much average or just slightly over average on all their stats. None of their stats are, they're not best at anything, but they're also not particularly bad at anything. They're very, they're just over average team from a stats point of view, 
I've obviously got, I've got some fantastic players uh, and internationals in there, which mean that moments of magic can, can turn things. Um, a couple of things. Um, the Brumbies expect the fewest offloads from them. Um, they're up against the Hurricanes, who do make the most offloads. So it's a bit of a clash of styles there between the Hurricanes and Brumbies this coming weekend. And I'll be honest, out of all, there's four games, obviously, this weekend. We've got the um, Brumbies versus Hurricanes, the Blues versus the Rotars, the Crusaders versus the Fiji and Andrua, and the Chiefs versus the Reds. There's only one game worth watching, which is yeah. the Brumbies versus the Hurricanes. The other three, if the Chiefs, Crusaders and Blues don't win, then well, there's been a serious problem. Look, this tournament has had a top five and then everyone else. As I mentioned, the Waratahs do sit in the best of the rest, clearly better than better than everyone else. But those top five are way better than everyone else. And yeah, um, it's 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 there's only one game this weekend that's worth watching, Stephen, and that's the last game of the round. Yeah, I'd have to I'd have to agree with you. Um, and if we were if we were picking probably a top a top four at the beginning of the beginning of the season. Yeah, you you probably would have gone for the four that you that you see there with maybe the the Hurricanes battling it out for that that fifth position. Uh, like I say, only real surprise is where the is the Highlanders for me not making the top eight. Well, okay, I've, I've been impressed by the Hurricanes. I, the Hurricanes are closer to the top top four than I expected. To be honest, um, actually they actually had a chance of finishing the top four. I didn't yeah. think they would do. I actually yeah. thought the Brumbies would probably finish a place higher in second or third. Um, but uh, yeah, they slipped away, losing to the force away and resting all those players. Um, yeah. was, was a to me, well, look, you've got to rest players at some point, but that was a, a big missed opportunity for them. Um, other teams, obviously, yeah, the, the, the Highlands I thought would do better. Um, I'm impressed with the Fijian and Drua to be the kind of the next, the, sort of the best of the also round teams. <laughs> to put it, I guess it's not a very nice way of putting it, but the best of that kind of that kind of crowd. To finish there, I think is 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 good for them in the second season, um, but uh, yeah, I think the Highlanders have been the, the disappointing team of the season, and to a lesser extent, one one of the expect them to get two or three wins, um, not just a solitary one, um, really from the regular season. Yeah, there was, there was one, oh, I was going to say there was one particular game that I was really impressed with the Rebels. I'm just forgetting which. Uh, which which round it was might have been oh, good grief might have been round seven or seven or eight where the Crusaders actually played the Rebels, and the Rebels probably played their best sixty odd minutes of, of of the season, but just the last twenty odd twenty odd minutes they uh, they fell away. But I, there was a wild there was a wild there where I thought actually that game we we might have actually seen a we might have seen a, a, a bit of a bit of an upset, but. Um, at the end of the day, the Crusaders were good enough to to pull away in the end. Yeah, but in forty three twenty seven, just pull up the stats. But yeah, uh, Rebels, um, perfect line out, decent scrum. Um, well, actually, they, they didn't get many scrums with the opportunity there, um, but they were made to. They had to make a lot of tackles <laughs> that weekend, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. and that's uh, that. In the end, I think did them in. Just ran out of steam. Um, yeah, but, but, so, but yeah, one question that I that I get that I did get, and I, I do wonder. I still do wonder if their, their their talent is spread too far and wide. Paul, um, you know, you kind of you kind of wonder if it was a little bit more suppressed than they had, maybe three or four sides. At least each squad would have a little bit more depth. But I suppose that's another debate for another day. It is, and also I think you'd end up with the. Um, uh, are, are you a are you a national sport when you only play on the east coast? Um, the um, 
One just quick question from Simon. Is there any truth to the article from Gregor Paul from the New Zealand Herald about Australia pulling out of the Super Rugby Pacific? Well, first off, I don't subscribe to the, to the uh, New Zealand Herald um, because uh, I don't think it's worth it, put bluntly. Um, and um, yeah, Gregor Paul is um, very good at producing uh, articles that make you click. Um, let's be let's be blunt. Uh, is there any truth to it? There is probably some truth to the fact they're threatening it and they've done so before. Um, now, the fact that they've had uh, their CEO leave and, got, and trying to replace him means I think it was uh, it would be a difficult time for them to pull out and suddenly and put something else in place when you haven't got a leader for your organisation. Um, so, uh, and then also with the Rugby World Cup coming up, it's an awful lot on Rugby Australia's plate to be pulling out of Super Rugby Pacific at um, this time. I think timing would be difficult for them. Um, look, at the end of the day, I think it's posturing. I think it's something that they will, they'll threaten to get a better deal. Um, and uh, I think they deserve a better deal, put bluntly on sharing of, uh, of, of TV rights um, so that uh, hence they can spend on that fifth team that uh, Stephen thinks might not be, uh, they might not have the talent for. Um, but um, so to my, so uh, is there any truth to it? Uh, there's, there's, there's probably truth to the threat of it, uh, but I don't think they would ever, I don't think they would actually go through with it. Um, I think that, uh, uh, that calm heads would would prevail in the end, and uh, um, New Zealand rugby and rugby Australia would realise they need each other. Your thoughts? Any different? Do you do you agree with that, Stephen, or, or do you disagree? Yeah, no, no, no. I, I, no, I certainly do. I, um, mate, I can't disagree with anything that you that you said, Paul. Just before we go, I just want to quickly mention the uh, New Zealand under twenty under twenty team, which um, took out the second test against Australia, winning. Uh, uh, 19 points to 18 was good comeback from the Australians, but uh, boy, this New Zealand team who head away to the uh, the World Cup in South Africa, which I think starts the 24th of, of June, um, they will have to work a lot harder on their their set piece. Um, it's fair to say that the facet of both tests where the Australians completely uh, dominated the New Zealanders, and we all know the Northern Hemisphere teams. Well, they love a scrum. As do uh, as do South Africa, New Zealand uh, in their particular group. I think first up they they play Wales. Now they should beat Wales. Wales, I think may have been may have finished in last place in the uh, Six Nations under under twenty. I stand to correct and be corrected either them or, or Ireland. They should get past them. But the the next game they play uh, they play uh, France in this in the second game, and that could be quite a defining game because to make the semi-finals you've got to win all three games uh, Paul to progress to the semi-finals their final game is against Japan but uh, boy they got very little time to sort out their uh, their set piece good though on the other side I'd be remiss of me not to congratulate the Australian under 20s um, boy they've got some good young players coming through and um, I think they have they, they have to have had some decent under twenty players coming through in the last couple of seasons. Good to see. Yeah, look, France, Wales, New Zealand, Japan in that pool A. Ouch, that's um, that's going to be a tough one. That particular game um, against France on the eighth of March, the second game up. That is going to be a biggie. Um, so um, the uh, pool B, just you know, Australia, England, Ireland, Fiji. <laughs> oh, that's um, that's pretty tasty. Um, Paul C, South Africa, Argentina, Italy, and Georgia. Um, so uh, there we go. Those are the three pools um, with uh, the bottom team um, dropping out um, 
and uh, gets replaced. So uh, interesting to see that the 2023 um, uh, World Rugby Under-20 Championship, it's not really, it's not called the Junior Rugby World Cup, it's called, that's what it's called, um, is going to be held in South Africa both in 2023 and in 2024. Mm-hmm. Um, so um, a bit of a surprise to see that, uh, yeah, it's going to be in the same place two years running, um, but um, maybe that's around who's willing to pay for it uh, to make it happen at the end of the day. Um, and uh, from a uh, development point of view of players, heading overseas to play in a tournament like that can only be good for their development. So I'm playing on South African pitches. So, uh, yeah, I don't think it's a bad, necessarily a bad thing um, from uh, from that point of view. Um, Stephen, thank you so much for being with me this evening. It's been great to talk to you uh, yet again about rugby. Thank you, everyone, who has joined us in the um, live chat. Um, and uh, I don't know if I'll be back next Monday or not, but um, we will see. Uh, we'll try, obviously, to do this every Monday, but uh, I've failed over the last three Mondays. So uh, no promises, um, but um, especially with only one decent game of rugby this weekend, uh, uh, from uh, at least looking at it, but we'll, <laughs> but we'll see. Um, everyone, stay safe, uh, particularly if you're out here in the Coromandel area with all this wet weather. Please stay inside uh, and uh, try not to travel too much because I'm sure the roads are going to be a bit dodgy. Um, and uh, stay safe, folks, and uh, have a good week. Thank you again, soon. No problems. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.